Here we go. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. I've got a little sore throat that I picked up yesterday. It's getting better. I was hardly even able to talk last night, but I'm going to talk slowly so that you can understand what we're going to be dealing with, with the readings from the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. That's for August the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. But before I get to the readings, Concordia Publishing House puts out a little pamphlet for each Sunday. It has all three readings, the Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel. But it also includes the introit, the collect of the day, and the gradual. Now, the introit is not used by all congregations, but it's kind of an entrance psalm when we begin the worship service. This one for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost is really good. It's from Psalm 105. Let me read it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Now, what deeds is God talking about? Well, this psalm is addressed, of course, to the people of Israel. And in Psalm 105, beginning with verse 39, it indicates the deeds that God did for his people. Number one, he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. Well, that reminds us of their trip through the wilderness. And during the day, God led them by a cloud and at night, a cloud of fire. And remember, that separated the Israelites from the Egyptians who were fleeing after them. Well, they got across the Red Sea. The psalm goes on. They asked, and he brought quail. Now, those are birds. And there were so many birds that the people were able to take and cook them. And therefore, they got meat. And it goes on. He gave them bread from heaven in abundance. Now, that would be the manna that they received. That lasted for 40 years until they got into the land of Canaan where there was plenty of food, so there was no longer any need for the manna. So he brought them meat. He brought them bread. Then it says, he opened the rock 
and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. Well, it had to be a river because there were over a million people that had left Egypt and their thirst was quenched. But then this psalm reminds us of why God did what he did. For he remembered what? The works of the people? No. Uh, the works of the people were terrible. They were always bitter towards Moses because they did not have meat or bread or water. And for some reason, God gave them what they were asking for, even though their attitude was quite negative. Why? Because the psalm says, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. Well, what did he promise to Abraham? That through Abraham, and particularly Isaac, would come a nation that would be more of a multitude than the stars in the heaven, the sand on the seashore. And therefore, Psalm 105 continues, So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones, with singing. And that's a tremendous psalm because it talks about the benefits that Israel had received when they were in the wilderness. They had a cloud during the day, a cloud of fire during the night to lead them. He had brought them meat in the form of birds. He opened the rock water gushed out, and he gave them bread from heaven. Now, does God do that today for you? Well, there's no doubt about it that one of the great things that we read from the gospel from Matthew 14 is when Jesus took some bread, five loaves, and also two fish. He gave them to the people that were listening to his sermon. And he fed 5,000 men besides women and children, the text says. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is also the eternal water. Remember the woman at the Samaritan well? She had come to get water, and Jesus said, I have water that you will never thirst. Oh, give me some of that, she said. And of course, he was speaking of himself and his promises. So for those congregations that have an introit, that's very, very important. 
Remember it. Psalm 105, beginning with verse 39. Now the Old Testament reading kind of picks up on that. From Isaiah 55. Listen to the beginning. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come by and eat. Now, if that doesn't sound ridiculous, I don't know what does. And it reminds us of the gradual used for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. That often in churches that use it is said after the reading of the Old Testament reading. Uh, let me read it. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. Now, that's talking that it is very hard to figure out God. Even when you read what he's saying to you, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. In fact, the end of verse one explains it even further. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now, that is understandable from God's point of view that he is giving to us the benefits of Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. He is the everlasting water. And we receive him without paying any cost. You have no money to offset your sins. And you have no good works that cancel out your sins so that God would look at you and say, oh, you're doing a lot better now. You're not as sinful, so I'm going to save you. No, he saves you when you are sinful because that's the gift of the forgiveness of sins which means that God will not hold you accountable for any sin that you do. How can he do that? Because he holds his son accountable. Jesus is the one who is the bread of life, the everlasting water, the rock that follows us throughout our life. As we heard last week, all things work together for good to those that love God. So Isaiah continues in verse 2 of chapter 55. Why 
do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? It, it kind of reminds us of Jesus' parable of the sower who sowed seed. Some of it did fall on good ground, and therefore people bore 30, 50, and 100%. But other fell on bad ground. And a lot of times, Jesus says, the cares of the world got in the way of your faith in Jesus Christ. You depended more upon what you could get in the world by working hard, by spending your money for that which is not truly bread, the bread of life, and your labor for that which does not satisfy. So what is the response of God to those of us who are doing that? Verse 2, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Can anyone deny that the richest food that a Christian receives is the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Holy Sacrament? That food is a reminder to us that your sins have been forgiven, that God no holds you accountable for your sin, that heaven is your home. That's the rich food. In other words, as Jesus says elsewhere, keep your eyes on heavenly things. What does that mean? It means that when you suffer here on earth from your flesh, your sin, and the devil, remember the promises of God. Those promises are sure and are often heard in worship services, particularly in special services, such as a funeral where you may be very sad, but when you leave the funeral, you also have a hope that you did not have until you heard the promises of God. I also believe that another worship service indicates the great promises of God, and that is a wedding service. Know a lot of people think, well, what are the vows that they're going to say? But the importance of a wedding service between a man and a woman is equivalent to Jesus married to the church. The members of the church are the bride. Jesus is the groom. And there are promises connected in the marriage ceremony 
just as there are promises in the Holy Sacrament of the Lord's Supper and also in baptism. Now, how do you know those promises? Verse 2 reminds us of what the Father said to the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Here's what Isaiah chapter five, part of verse two says. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Now, what is that rich food? Well, verse 3 continues to explain it. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Now, did you hear that? You see, a Christian has a soul and a body. Sometimes it's referred to as his spirit. Well, on the day of your earthly death, your body goes into the ground. But your spirit that believes in Jesus goes directly to heaven to be with him. On the last day of judgment, God raises your body from the dead to rejoin with your spirit in heaven. And you are just like Jesus in heaven with an eternal body and spirit living with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how did that happen? It happened through the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, that's the covenant he made, that through the seed of David would come the Savior, who, of course, was born of the Virgin Mary. That's how you are saved, not by doing some kind of work, but by receiving faith, by hearing the word of God. And that word of God may have occurred in your baptism, or it may have occurred when you heard Bible passages that got you excited because the burden of having to do good works in order to be saved was lifted. It's not that you don't do good works, but they are a product of your having been saved. They are not a, requ a requisite for becoming saved. It's kind of like a child. They are a child of the parents and they obey their parents because they were begotten or adopted. That happened first. 
then comes obedience. Verse 4, Behold, God is talking about David. I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Remember, after David had sinned with Bathsheba, the prophet made it clear that he had sinned. David repented of that sin, and he was forgiven. Yes, there was a negative consequence to sin in the earthly realm that always occurs, and that was the death of the son of David and Bathsheba. But David also said, he will not return to me, but I will be going back to him. A sure sign of David's faith in the resurrection from the dead. So verse five says, behold, referring to Israel. And remember what Israel is. In the New Testament, the new Israel is the holy Christian church. And God says through Isaiah, behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know. And a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Paul was made an apostle to the Gentiles. They were a nation that the Jews at first did not really know and appreciate. But even though the Gentiles were not aware of Israel, it was through Israel that they came to faith. They came and bought and eat without money, without price. Why? The last part of verse 5. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel. Now, wait a minute. Those are two persons. And once more in the Old Testament, we see a partial part of the Holy Trinity. The Lord, your God, is God the Father. And of the Holy One of Israel is God the Son. If you turn to the book of Daniel, God the Father is referred to as the Ancient of Days, and he sends the Holy One of Israel, namely Jesus Christ, to the world to redeem the world. So you have both persons mentioned, even though the gift of the Holy Spirit is how you listen Incline your ear that your soul may live. God the Father is creator. 
God the Son is Redeemer. God the Holy Spirit is Sanctifier, who not only brings you into the Christian faith, but sustains you through hearing his word. And the way that it is said in Isaiah 55, because of the Lord your God, that's God the Father, and of the Holy One of Israel, that's God the Son, for he has glorified you. Notice, it's not they have glorified you. Because even though the Trinity is made of three persons, they are still one God. And that's why the he is in the singular. God has glorified you. We lost that glory through Adam and Eve into the fall of sin. But God has restored your glory. He has restored you to being a child of God. And soon after Judgment Day, you will be back in the Garden of Eden in total bliss where there is no sickness, no death, but the promises of Jesus Christ are fulfilled. Isaiah 55, also in connection with the intro, tremendous revelation from God. And we'll continue with the hymn for tomorrow. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.